Hello, I'm Mary Spicer, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Behind Fashion. In this unprecedented time, the fashion industry, like so many industries, is in distress. Around the world, we have gathered together to demand racial and social justice, and the work must continue. I created this series so that we could support one another as we move forward thoughtfully, mindfully, and collaboratively in this new fashion landscape. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to introduce you to many behind the fashion scenes, from producers to designers, models, hairdressers, and so many more. With a virus that discourages the interaction of people and the touching of clothing, what does the future hold for the fashion industry and how are our roles changing? I look forward to collaborating and sharing our ideas as we move forward into this new fashion world. Today, it is my great pleasure to introduce all of you to Lori DeJong. Lori DeJong is the CEO and founder of LDJ Productions, an event agency in New York City with clients <laughs> in the fashion, beauty, media, and tech industries with a focus on furthering innovative event technology. Lori was an agency producer for WME, IMG's New York Fashion Week platform, and spearheaded the multi-million dollar platform's move from a tent to five separate locations. She has made multiple appearances on the Inc. 5000, the Women President's Organization's list of the 50 fastest growing women-owned businesses in North America, and was named one of New York's 50 fastest growing companies by Smart CEO. Ms. DeJong is also a trustee of Marist College, a member of the Women's President's Educational Organization, a member of the National Association of Professional Women, a guest writer for Entrepreneur Magazine, and was selected as the Enterprising Woman of the Year by Enterprising Women Magazine. Welcome, Lori DeJong, and thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Behind Fashion. Oh, thank you so much, Mary. It's nice I to am, see you. I am over the moon that, that you would come on to my show, and I truly, oh, no, truly appreciate you taking sure. the time. No, this is a great show, and it's a great service to the industry, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, before we start all things fashion, mm -hmm. there is a pandemic happening. Um, how yep. are you in your <laughs> small statement there, how have you and your family been doing? Good. Uh, we're doing okay. Now we're, uh, New York City was a little rough in the beginning. Um, and now we've been out on Long Island closer to my family for the last few months. And it's actually been really nice spending time with the kids. And uh, I have a close family, lots of sisters and a brother and uh, really close with them and my mom. So it's nice to be closer. I'm not used to not traveling. So this is like very new for me and uh, kind of forced me to slow down, which has been nice, you know, but yeah, a rough, rough time for everybody. Yeah, it, yeah. it certainly mm -hmm. has. And um, I, I, I hope that we're getting near to some solutions on um, the entertainment yeah. industry, mm -hmm. you know, fashion, everybody, we're just at a, at really mm -hmm. at a standstill. We do some things, but mm -hmm. it's been a standstill. Now you have attended multiple universities. You attended Harvard University's John F. Kennedy School of Business, Executive Education Program, mm -hmm. International Development and Public Leadership. You attended Marist College for Social Work and yeah. the University of Ireland in Galway. Yeah. And that it's many of us find that our paths are winding uh, to where we end up. Can you share with us your journey uh, into sure. the fashion world? 
Sure. Well, I, I did my undergrad at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, and I was, believe it or not, a social work major. I wasn't, I was 18, so of course I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I, uh, all I knew I, I, is that I wanted to go abroad. And there was only three majors where you could actually spend a year in Europe and still graduate on time, which my parents were like, you have to graduate on time. Uh, so I chose social work. And at, at the end of the day, I think it was a really good major, the art of dealing with difficult people, which that's our industry. You know, that's our business. We're in, in, the, in the industry of service um, at the end of the day. So it was a really good major. And I was able to spend my junior year abroad at the University of UCG in Galway and uh, swam for their team. I swam for the Marist College Swim team too. Swim for the large. You're a swimmer, like a like a competitive swimmer. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I'm a swimmer, but no, not a casual swimmer. So yeah, <laughs> love to swim. Look like. So but, you went abroad. How did you end up at Harvard? Harvard. So Harvard. I I went back to school uh, many years later, and I I just I was at a point. I love to learn love to learn. I've always, uh, you know, I've gone back and taken continuing ed classes at many colleges in New York City, but I just love to learn. And I think, you know, realizing that I was at a point where I realized I was kind of at my um, kind of tapped out on my business goals with growing the business to a certain level. And I just needed, I just needed to go back to school. I just needed to learn more. And then there was the foundation, which I know we're going to chat about, but I didn't really know much about running a foundation. So um, Harvard Kennedy, J.F. Kennedy School of of, um, of Leadership is is there's a lot of uh, people that are in the nonprofit world that attend that university. So I met a lot of people. The whole um, their their business model and their teaching model at Harvard is all very collaborative and based on case studies. So met a lot of people, learned just as much from my classmates as I did from my professors, and just it's been a great experience. And yeah, enjoyed Cambridge too. So you, sorry, did you just in, say Cambridge? Cambridge, um, Harvard is in, it, it's a, it's in Cambridge, Mass. Oh, oh. it's yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful city. So yeah, loved being there. Yeah, I, I do love the East Coast. I've I've relocated to Colorado, but I'm originally yeah, from the East yeah. Coast. So whenever I go back, we get to see the leaves changing and yeah, all it's the little beautiful. towns. But yeah. um, now you started LDJ in 2002. Can Dude, you talk yeah. about your company mm -hmm. and, and how it has grown now? Sure. So I actually started out my career, my event career at Calvin Klein. And it was a great place to start. Calvin's like the school of hard knocks. <laughs> and, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was an incredible learning experience. And I, I haphazardly got placed in the event department and just loved it. And I'd never, you know, I never really, you know, even considered like what I really, really wanted to do. But I just, I had this incredible opportunity to go there and <clears throat> met somebody that worked at Calvin and just kept um, you know, knocking on the door and following up and following up. And I was finally hired and placed in the event department where I just, I learned a lot about events and, you know, I had, had a mentor who was incredible. So then after I left Calvin I, and had my kids and I um, had a few different, different roles, I just really had, I wanted to give it a shot. And so in 2002, right after 9-11, uh, I started LDJ. And primarily in the very beginning, we were just doing events out in the Hamptons, just kind of like gala fundraiser type events. And then uh, got my foot in the door at New York Fashion Week, again, by just chasing it down. And um, by that time I had already, like I knew that I just absolutely needed to be associated with the fashion industry. I had, uh, or the um, fashion show production industry. I had gone to a few shows and volunteered backstage. And I was like, I just need to do this. So 
we, you know, I finally got in the door um, and I had, I had volunteered, I had done, you know, everything. And when I talk to volunteers now, I tell them, you know, when, when we were agency producers, I would tell them, like, I started as a volunteer. So, you know, yeah. you, you know, it's going to really, if you, you know, if you're engaged in it and you love it, you know, it could take you places, you never know. So then yeah. I became a venue manager and slowly over the last 15 years, we, you know, took over various parts of of the operations and became agency producers in, uh, I mean, it was, oh gosh, 2015 maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, we started out by just doing um, overall venue management and then started to manage the partnerships, the sponsors, and then uh, the overall production. So we managed the day-to-day -day operations of the week-long show. Wow. That's, so I that mean, was, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's it. I mean, it took it, it takes an army, and, and, and there's a huge team involved. So it is it's it's all about just mobilizing people, and you know, again, it's service. So it's you know, white glove for everybody all the time. Yes, and I, and I, I love how you started off saying just some nonprofits in the Hamptons, um, because that is a really big to do. Yeah. That is high pressure. Um, it it really is a, a big mover out in the Hamptons having the nonprofit events. Yeah, no, it's, so. it's, there's a lot. Of, I mean, in normal summers, it, you know, it's all about events out here. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and ironically, we don't really, we don't do a lot of nonprofit gala work anymore, but mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it in the beginning. I really, yeah. I imagine once you got yeah. into working the venues, um, starting to, as you said, starting to take mm -hmm. over some of those responsibilities and the sponsorships, I mean, that's, how many months out is that? Is it a year or a year and a half that you're planning for that New York Fashion Week? It, it just, it, it never really ended. It was kind of all year round. <laughs> we were always planning something. And then with the individual designers that we work with, you know, it was just, a, you're always, once you, you know, you turn the lights out on the venue and you leave after a loadout, you're pretty much working on the next season. So. Yeah. And, it, and fashion is seasonless now. So the business has changed a lot. Yeah. And, and I know that some people are hoping to, to move our months back to what it originated yeah. is the October mm -hmm. and October. April. It was October and April, even, I mean, even when I was involved in, when I was on a volunteer basis, it was October and April. Yeah. So, yeah. And that might be better. You know, we, we did that because we didn't want them to think we were imitating them. Uh, and yeah. Now it's like, forget <laughs> it. Yeah, no, it's, you know. <laughs> I think we have to changed that. a lot. I mean, the one thing that you can count on with fashion is that it's all, it's an industry that's hundred percent based on change. Yes. So it's, you know, you really, you, you need to maintain that open mindset um, with any kind of, any piece of the fashion industry. It's right. Change and, and reinvention. Reinvention. I think when you and I were speaking earlier, you mentioned pivoting um, mm -hmm. and being flexible and, Part of that is you created LDJ Plus in 2020, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And can you tell me about what is LDJ Plus? What is that arm of LDJ? Sure. Well, my favorite word is pivot. Pivot. Uh, so we, uh, you know, you have to be very nimble anyway as, as producers, event producers, um, especially in, you know, the bigger the client, the more changes. So. So in February, we, you know, things started to happen um, with the pandemic and we were just, we were on the road from the first week of January until I think I flew back on March 10th. Um, but in February, end of February, I got a call from one of our big tech clients saying, you know, and we, and we were on a global tour with them, London, Barcelona, Tokyo, Las Vegas. And they said, I think we're going to cancel 
going to an event in May. We think this pandemic is going to be something. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Really? You know, and, and then, you know, like all of us, we were in denial. And then, you know, by the time I got back in May, it was just everything was happening and uh, we were sh shut down. New York was shut down. So within days, like literally days, our team had mobilized and founded a, a virtual event production arm um, of our company, which wasn't a huge stress stress uh, stretch because we've been live streaming for years. I mean, so many of our shows are live streamed out to thousands, if not millions of people. So we have a lot of experience with broadcaster already and so do our partners. But we literally we set up a, a video wall in our in our office and uh, set up a whole broadcast control, got rid of like all the tables and chairs and and um, formed our own platform, which has evolved over the last even just over the last six months. So there's been a lot of learning. Uh, I used to say all the time to the team, like, we can't be everything for everybody, but now we have to be everything for everybody. Right. So our platform um, does everything from just streaming, uh, you know, just streaming you know shows for hbo or we'll do like multifaceted conferences conferences with breakout rooms and chat functions and we also have a whole uh, uh 360 3d kind of um curated experience uh which is all custom and that's all developed and coded by us so things like um virtual art galleries and right. um, of course concerts conferences so it's been uh -huh. a you know it's been a, it's a, been a big learning curve but we're, you know, we're just, you know, we're all, we're all about adjusting and, and being able to um, be, again, very, very nimble and flexible. And everybody in the office has gone through training. Some of them are still going through training on working virtual. So, and I, you know, I love to learn. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been different. You know, we're, I have to say, we, we really miss live events. Yes. I, you know, I said to somebody last week, I would give my right arm to be in a, in a load in right now. <laughs> so, you know, I miss sitting in that control seat and we do miss it, but yeah, you know, we're, we're really busy, you know, we're, we're really busy with virtual. And I think that was uh, very insightful. What you said that you have to be everything to everyone, right? Even if it's mm -hmm. right now, because yeah. we are all in distress. The companies don't know which way to go. They kind of know we yeah. should go virtual mm -hmm. and they're looking for someone with answers. They don't need mm -hmm. people to point out what we already know the problems are. Right. They, they need the people solution? with solutions. Right. And that's very, I, I love that pivot that you did to, to offer. Mm -hmm. What would you like at what level? Here are the different mm -hmm. levels. You tell me and we will do that. Um, right. But that, that's- yeah. Yeah, the uh, screen fatigue is real. So it's also about finding ways to engage, engage yeah. with the audience and engage with the guests and the customers. And I think a lot of clients and we've got, actually gotten uh, a lot of new business, probably more business than we new business than we've had in a couple of years. Um, just people that really like they're realizing like we're not going to be able to you know reach our customers or you know we're not going to be able to bring our employees together or we're not going to be able to you know launch this. Um, and they've come to us and they said, how, you know, help us, help us develop an engaging experience and interactive engaging experience. So we've done some really cool, cool things. Yeah. And I think what a lot of us in the fashion world don't know, because we know you from the fashion world, um, LDJ Productions has a diverse clientele, including Fortune 500 companies worldwide across mm -hmm. industries that, yes, include fashion, beauty, um, media, but also tech finance yeah. and luxury automotive. Now, who are some of yeah. those, those companies that you're working with? Yeah, and it's pretty, it's pretty diverse. And, and that's by design. 
So yeah. especially after going through the recession in 2008 and 9, um, realized that when one industry is soft, there's usually another industry that's strong. Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's also like me, I just, I like to have a lot of diversity in, in you know, in my life in general. So being able to work in, in all these like really unique industries has been fun. But Luxury Auto, we work with uh, Rolls-Royce, JLR. Um, we work with a lot of um, integrating cars into a lot of our other events, especially Luxury Auto. Mm -hmm. And then media brands like New York Times, Verizon Media, um, Rolling Stone, Women's Wear Daily, Rob Report, uh, right. Technology, Automation Anywhere, um, Google. I'm sure you've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're missing um, beauty, which is a huge, oh. huge part of our business. And, you know, it was in 2008 when the economy crashed that the fashion industry was really soft and we were, you know, working a lot in fashion. And typically when the fashion industry is soft, beauty becomes much stronger. You know, even right now, everybody's buying like lotion and just things to make us feel a little bit better. So wow. we we work for five of the brands under the L'Oreal umbrella, Rodin and Field, Shiseido, Cody, Elf, Eyes, Lift, Eyes Lips, Mouth. Um, yeah. Now we have we have a, a huge beauty business. So I love it. Wow. And then a lot of corporate, you know, just you know, finance companies, um, analyst huh. training. So is, is there a commonality between the tech or finance and the, the fashion event? Is yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's all about the audience experience. So at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to provide an engaging experience for, for the audience, whether it's the fashion industry or, you know, the, you know a tech show or a tech uh, beauty launch, whatever it might be. It's all about the experience. We do a lot of cross-pollination between our clients. So we'll go into, you know, one of our tech clients and say, you know, we did this for fashion. Uh, I think we should try this. We did a, a car ballet um, once um, for Rolls Royce. We did a car fashion show. So there's a lot of cross pollination between our clients. We're working on something right now with one of our beauty clients and one of our music clients that's launching in a couple of weeks. Uh, I love, you know, that, that yeah. part of it I really love. Collaboration and Collaboration. Like cross-pollination mm -hmm. has really been big. And I, I saw that your company discusses return on experience or ROE, yeah. whereas ROE. many discuss ROI uh, or return right. on investment. Mm -hmm. Is this the future of events even now with the pandemic? Can we still experience brands socially distanced and still mm -hmm. get you know, that experience. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's definitely the challenge, you know, and it's finding the opportunity in that challenge, but the guest experience is, is definitely, it's a lot harder to achieve that virtually. Uh, but the ROE is probably more important right now than it was when we could get together live. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's absolutely like at the end of the day, you're, our clients want to want loyalty, whether it's, you know, B2C or B2B or business to industry, they want loyalty, they want brand loyalty. Mm. So providing that experience to make them come back and, you know, next year I'll never miss this event. You know, it's just providing that anticipation and that experience. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, it, and I agree with that. The experience has always been uh, what the ROI is. I think people mm -hmm. get confused. That experience is so important. Um, like many shows, you know, how does it end? You know, you'll, you'll remember, you might not remember some of these things, but you'll remember the beginning, you kind of remember the mm -hmm. end. Um, on May 14th, it was announced that LVJ joined Penske Corporation, furthering their mm -hmm. brand's content with in-house live media yeah. team. 
Um, for those that don't know, Penske um, Media Portfolio includes companies such as Rolling Stone, Variety, The Rob Report, She Media, Deadline, Art News, and Women's Wear Daily. What does this mean for you in fashion? Is LDJ still in fashion in the sense of fashion shows, or are you moving away from that? Oh, no, no, no. We're definitely not moving away from that. I mean, this year is definitely an anomaly. Um, most of uh, our brands aren't aren't showing this year for, for you know, obvious reasons, but we definitely, I don't think we'd ever move away from fashion. I mean, it's just in our heart. <laughs> so Jay, um, Jay Penske is a CEO and owner of, of Penske Media Corporation, and he's a like a true visionary leader. I mean, he's he's just he's built this business based on acquisition of existing companies, successful existing companies, and brought them in under his umbrella and has them um, kind of working autonomously, operating autonomously. So we had been in conversation. He actually reached out to me last year. We're we're you know we we work for a lot of his brands already, and they were looking to make an acquisition or either develop their own in-house production agency arm or make an acquisition and. You know, at first I was like, I don't know, you know, I wasn't really, it wasn't in the cards, at least right now. And then just getting to know him and, and you know, spoke with a lot of the other companies that had been acquired or partially acquired and a lot of the executives and the um, team, the C-suite team that runs the company. And there is just an incredible organization. It really is um, so supportive, so collaborative. And it's just, you know, their businesses, they do so much, Jay calls it live media. They do so much live media. So every, every brand, uh, you know, has a portfolio of events, shows and events. So it makes a lot of sense um, for both of us. So we're, so now I have a, a partner <laughs> and uh, it's been, yeah, it's, I mean, I wish we could all be under the same roof, you know, you know, barely met any of them in person, but it's going well, you know, it's going really well. Yeah. I, I think it. that's amazing mm -hmm. um, that that still pulled through, but that is the wave of the future. Many of us think that um, it's going to continue to have a very large virtual component, at least for another couple of years. Absolutely. Everyone's looking for content. Yeah. Uh, you know, content is everything right now. So yeah. It, yeah. Uh, we're doing some really exciting things with Rolling Stone, Rob Report, Women's Red Daily, Sourcing Journal, um, FN. Um, so it, yeah. it's, it's fun. Yeah. Are they mostly conferences, like Zoom calls like this? or No, they're, um, it's a combination of screenings and uh, Thought leadership, a lot of a lot of thought leadership, a lot of industry events. Uh, they, you know, they do like CEO apparel. This, you know, all of the industry events have now uh, pivoted to virtual. So right. there's a lot of, you know, sourcing journals. One called Revolution, and that's all about, you know, really like what's happening in the industry. Right. They have a brand oh. called Sportico that's, you know, doing some online programming um, of events about the business of sports. So it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Do you think mixing, you know, something like music and fashion together into, is it like an evening of events or something like that? Or it, as far as the content that's being pushed out, do you think that that's super important? Yeah, the content that's being pushed out, it's more, um, it, it's more thought leadership more than anyone else. And um, the, like the industry leaders that are are you know having conferences and seminars and um events just about the the state of the industry so that's what we're seeing right now and um inter intertwined with some interesting content via screenings or music or fashion or whatever it might be 
Right. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about um, some of your philanthropic efforts um, <laughs> and mentoring women and girls globally. You eventually created the Paper Fig Foundation. When did you yes. create that? And can you tell me so, a little bit about it? Sure. We call that our for purpose uh, arm. Ah, so okay. instead of for profit, it's for profit purpose. I don't, I know, I never like saying non for profit because it just doesn't sound like a positive statement. So we call it our for purpose. So in um, 2009, I won an award and went to accept that award. And my son Jack was with me, and he, um, we, there was a woman that was speaking uh, about a mentorship program uh, that paired entrepreneurs in the U.S. with entrepreneurs in Rwanda and Afghanistan, and. At that point in my life, I was just, you know, looking, you know, maybe it was my social work background. I was just looking for something a little bit more and how I could give back and especially, you know, use the skills that I've acquired through the years. So I started mentoring right away and it just kind of took on a life of its own. And in 2012, we formed, um, I started mentoring on my own outside of this organization. And in 2012, we formed Paper Fig. So we helped start or grow fashion weeks in, uh, Uganda, Rwanda, Ghana, and Nigeria. And then we, uh, we've opened up a skills training school in a, a tiny community in Southwestern Uganda that teaches women how, um, skills, um, pretty much how to, how to sew and how to, how to get a job and you know, you know, life skills in general. So we have 65 students per class and we're on our uh, sixth class. So we all, you know, at, most of the people at LDJ have gone to Africa. Um, my daughter, Joey's gone to Africa. Jack's gone to Africa. So it's been a real, you know, it's been just a great uh, all hands effort across LDJ, just supporting the foundation. We've got a, a, uh, seven employees in Uganda and one employee here that helps run the foundation. So we call it the invisible thread. So specific, specifically with fashion is like the New York fashion industry and then the fashion industries in the cities of Africa and then the communities. And we've had uh, several people, several vendors that have helped us grow Fashion Week through the years come over and help us with shows over there. And we've had designers from there coming to New York Fashion Week. So it's just, it's been, it's the invisible thread. It's right. incredible. Love it. So the yeah. people that are sewing there, they're sewing for designers within those states. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all it's all localized, mm -hmm. and in our community, mm -hmm. it's all local. I mean, they're 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 making clothes for themselves, or you know, uniforms for schools. And, oh, yeah. It's a very small community. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's a, you know, it's a there's a lot of poverty. Not but a that's lot of opportunities for women. And that helps to keep the money within that community. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the goal is just to really uh, help women support themselves instead of relying on others or ending up, you know, on the streets or in any other kind of bad situation. So, and I and we we also have a health center in the community that we support, and we've had that for I think it's five years now or six. And wow. It's a little community health center, and we treat basic illnesses and immunizations and. We have a whole like COVID prevention protocol happening. Wow. So, and we have a school and so that's huge. Yeah. And then people are able to go onto your foundation and help as well, maybe donate or how does that, oh, how yeah. does that work? Always accepting donations, especially right now. It's been hard. I mean, there's so much need right now. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're struggling a little bit with our, our um, foundation support. 
uh, paperfig.org. Uh, so yeah, and we have a, a, a wonderful head of um, kind of development and she keeps everybody, she keeps our website up to date and sends out mailers and we have weekly meetings with our Uganda team. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really, um, it's been an incredible experience. Uh, yeah. Really, you know, I'm, this is the first year I haven't gone to Africa in many, many years. I usually go a few times a year. Yeah. Uh, it's a funny there, feeling, feeling that loss. Yeah. Isn't yeah. there a fashion week there that you were saying? Mm -hmm. Well, we, it, there's, I mean, everything is canceled this year, but usually no, yeah. there's a, yeah. Uh, the last fashion week we did there was Kampala Fashion Week in Uganda. Yeah. And so yeah, then with the, sewers yeah. participate with local designers for that yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. And that also helps yeah. um, create the, opportunities. Absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, in New York fashion, week, the fashion week brings in more uh, revenue for the city than any like marathon, U.S. open, um, yeah. the Super Bowl. Uh, it brings in just so much revenue between the hotels and taxis and restaurants. So if it could have like a, that big of an effect on New York and like take that and bring it to a smaller city in Africa and it, the, the effect is, is pretty epic. Well, that makes sense. And I'm, I'm so glad that you started that. I was really excited Thanks. when I've seen it in the past um, mentioned about that. Now, I, I was in New York um, just last week and I was going to drop off a yeah. mug, but your office is closed. <laughs> but yeah. I, would, I would still like to cheers you. And next thank time you. I see you, I will give you a mug <laughs> on all of your successes and your continued successes. Oh, thank you. I'll cheer you with my Diet Coke. Thank you so much for coming on Behind Thank Fashion you. and taking the time for me. <laughs> Great. Thanks for having me. All the best. Hope to see you soon. <laughs> Thanks too. so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. And thank you all for attending this week's Behind Fashion series with my guest, Lori DeJong, founder and CEO of LDJ Productions. To find out more about LDJ, their website is www.ldjproductions.com. You can find them on Instagram, LDJProdNYC. For more information about the Paper Fig Foundation, please go to their website, www.paperfig.org. And if you are able to help, it is much, much appreciated. Next week, I will go behind fashion with Vice President and Managing Director at Wilhelmina Denver, Katie Van Horn. See you next Wednesday, September 23rd at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m. on the West Coast, and 5 p.m. British Summertime. All the best to you and yours.